Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staff with Spilling the Tea. I want to thank you all for your love and growing support for the show. We are almost at 500 downloads and listens. Thank you. That cannot be possible without you and the incredible guests we have on this show. And for today's show, we have three teachers from our facts department spilling the tea. One who which was our teacher of the year for 2020. There's the bell. Time for class. Going on Education Nation, this is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. It's my pleasure to introduce to you all Miss Vicki Ferris. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm so doing good. to have you on. I'm so excited. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to be a part of this. Well, and just so the listeners know, I mean, you and I go back. You know, I, I, I knew you as a counselor at a camp for students with disabilities. I didn't know you as Verina Vicky. So when I got my job at Verina, I was like, wait, that's Vicky school. And so I reached out and you were like, yes. And I'm like, yeah. So <laughs> yes, we do. It's super excited to have you, you know, on here. I'm pumped. Yes, it was. It was it's good. It was great when I found out you was coming to Verona. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a good one coming to Verona. I was really oh, excited. <laughs> you're awesome. I appreciate it. So let's um get into your background and how you got into education um, and then how you ended up at Verona. Okay. Um, I got into education because... Um, Education was a safe zone for me. I had um, teachers that believed in me and where I, where I came from. I didn't have parents, so um, I was on my own. And my teachers believed in me and dropped me off at college, got me through high school, and I went to college. And I always wanted to be a teacher because of what my teachers did for me. And I wanted to do the same thing for other kids that may not have what what I had when I was growing up. So I got into education because of other educators <laughs> and what they installed in me. So um, I went to Bridgewater for four years. I played ball there and um, I graduated with a bachelor's. And then I was actually a preschool teacher for about four years after college. Wow. Yeah, so I was in Northern Virginia, and I was a preschool teacher for the um, Fort Belvoir Department of Defense, and I was there for a good four or five years, and then one day I was like, hey, I think I want to coach and teach on a high school level, and so Verona was the first application I did, and I came in in the middle of the year, and uh, I've been there ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are so lucky to have you. And I left it out of your intro, but Teacher of the Year, I mean, that speaks volumes as to the guests we have on today. <laughs> yeah, that was a big honor. I was really super excited about that. And it was great to be recognized in that manner. Well, you're very well deserved. And, and you know, when people voted and the committee met, you know, it was sort of like a landslide of like, yep, you know, this this year's candidate is Vicky. And I want to dive into the classroom to kind of talk about those skills. Yes. Um, so, so educate everyone out there who's listening who may not know you, which might be tough because I feel like everyone knows you, but <laughs> let them know exactly your role at Verina and then we'll spill the tea on some of the things you do really well. Okay. Um, so I'm a facts teacher at Verina and um, I've, I've been there 
oh, I think going on 10, 11 years now. And um, I teach nutrition and wellness. I teach intro to culinary and I teach uh, culinary arts one, the first class ever at Verona this year. So um, that's what I do there at Verona in the effects department. Very cool. Very cool. And then you also coach at a local high school? Yes, I coach at Armstrong High School. I coach um, basketball and um, I help with uh, softball when needed. And um, it's been good because um, Armstrong and Ryan are really close in proximity. So the kids know each other on both sides. So it's been really good to start working in that community and building a bridge um, over there with um, those students and just learning from different people. So it's been a great experience for me this year. It's my first year being there and um, it's been awesome. The staff is awesome and the kids are just amazing. The girls are just amazing. Very cool. Very cool. And, you know, hopefully after I do season one of this, I'm going to get a chance to branch out to other high schools and middle schools and elementary schools to get some other guests on. So I might be using you to hook me up with an Armstrong. Oh, yes, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, now let's get into the classroom and let's spill the tea as to what you do well. What skills do you have that gets your students to be able to do everything? Because if a listener out there has not had a Wednesday Vicky Ferris lunch, they're missing out. So what, what have you done to shape and mold and get your kids motivated to really do some cool stuff? So the biggest thing in my classroom is um, workplace readiness. Uh, we do, I am a, like a boss in my classroom. I treat my classroom as if I am a business. And um, every student gets the opportunity to be a boss and to be um, an employee and to be anything that they consider that they want to do. So a lot of motivation is if you want to make money, if you know how to cook, you can make money any time of your life. Mm-hmm. And you will never go broke if you know how to make a good meal. So <laughs> I teach <laughs> my kids that, you know, a big part of it is um, being able to own your own business because a lot of my students don't want to work for anybody. And um, the motivation comes from them just wanting to have something of their own that they can do and create that can't no one take from them. So, and the relationship that me and my students have goes a long way. I don't have to do a lot of motivating to get them to do something. They come, they come, they come early in the morning, sometimes five o'clock in the morning. They come on the weekends. They come in late in the afternoons and they do the things because uh, one thing I talk about is our community. If we do stuff for our community and um, build our community up, people will look at you as being a good citizen and being a part of the community and you're doing something good. So they want that. They want to be a part of something great and they love, they just love coming and we get the job done. Like it, whatever it takes, they'll come and get the job done. Well, and let's talk about that, that group of students that get to make the meals for all the teachers and do the teacher lunches. You know, how many schools did you get to go visit this year? What like educate everyone on sort of the impact you had on not just Verina Staffeldy, but 
the Henrico County staff will do. Well, yeah, this year what we took it uh, when Miss Seeley told us to think outside the box and to move forward with ideas that we had. You know, a lot of my students really wanted to go to other schools and um, a lot and it was it just took off so fast. We went to maybe 10 schools this year for lunch or for dinner and um it was really a great experience like seeing the middle schools on the west end and meeting teachers and just having that connection the kids loved it they loved it and they loved seeing um you know the younger kids and like the younger kids will look at them like as they were the best thing walking in the school building and it just <laughs> made them feel so much pride and i just saw a difference in my students when we were in other Henrico schools, like they just went to a whole novel, another level of professionalism that I could not give in the classroom from just being at Verona. Um, they took it to a whole nother level that I did not know that they can do. And I was very proud of them. They really, really represented um, our classroom. They represented our school well in the community and they, extremely loved it so our culinary arts one students did a lot of the preparing of the meals those students have been in my class for over three years and um they are the ones that actually laid helped laid the foundation for the culinary arts one program um the new stoves we got the you know the upgrades we've done in the kitchen and the new uniforms you know the things that they did in the community for the last three years was the the groundwork for the kids to come so you know miss mason believing in them and watching them over the th last three years you know she helped get us the things that we need to build our program so it would they they just loved the fact that they built something I can truly say that me and my students built that culinary arts one program and this this year having it the, for the first time was just out of this world. They love, they love it. it that, well, and it's, it, it helps set the framework, yep. you know, for next year. Yes. So if there's any future culinary one art students listening, you got some big shoes to fill. Mm -hmm. So you better, you better bring it in September and you be able, you better be able to do it all the way through June. Yes. Yes. And they, I mean, they do really good of all coming together. All, all six of my classes come together to get the job done. Um, so it wasn't just culinary arts one, like when we would get off and we would leave a school and jump back, my next class that was in there would unload the, unload the buses and start washing dishes and cleaning up. And the next the other half of the class will be serving Verona teachers for lunch. <laughs> so we will wow. have two lunches in one day. So we will go across town and serve lunch. And then the other half of the class will be at Verona prepping for our Verona staff to eat. So we will, we will conquer two to three lunches in a day. So at the beginning of the school year, we were doing Roth, Verona, and Mayford all on the same day and on Wednesdays. So the class was split split up in three different sections with three different teachers moving. Wow. <laughs> so it was very busy, very busy. So you know that takes that takes a team approach. I mean that's an ultimate 
you need to have the ultimate team to be able to conquer some of that stuff. My fact. How, how do you? Yes. You said what? My facts department team is my biggest support. Jennifer, Miss Peters, and Miss Landon are the backbone of our of our um, organization of what we do. I mean, all three of us together bring different skills. All three mm-hmm. of us together um, have a sense of trust and loyalty to each other on campus and off of campus, and it makes it work. The team is just so solid. Um, it makes my job so much easier. Well, that's fantastic. And how do you how do you build that team approach in your classroom? Because, you know, there, there have been times where I, I sneak through either getting my lunch uh-huh. or getting a dessert or doing something, and I'll see two kids sort of like, you know, having a, an adult conversation. Sometimes there's yelling, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's a regular conversation. But, you know, they, they leave, they check their attitudes at the door, and then, boom, they're back in the kitchen. Like, how do you teach that? Really? Um, they really watch us. Like, I think a lot of people don't realize that students, even when you don't think they're looking, they watch the adults that are around them. And I think they pick a lot of stuff up from me and Miss Peters and Miss Landon and watch the way we communicate and work together with each other. And I also do a lot of team building. We do a lot of team building before we get into the kitchen. And um, we do a lot of diversity training also because um, a lot of kids come from different places and different tones and different personalities can clash. And I've had that. And it, and it was a hard year. <laughs> I've had yeah. it. It was a hard year. And, and one thing I have to tell them is that you don't always have to be friends with someone. But you do have to respect each other and each other's opinions to get what, what we need to get done in order to be successful as a team. I say, you're gonna have a lot of teams throughout your entire life. You're gonna have a partner in life, your wife or your husband. You're gonna have your parents, your brothers, your sisters. If you look at the world that you're in right now, everyone you got with you is a partner and you have to learn how to communicate. So I'm big on being open and talking it out and figuring it out. A lot of the times they have to sit in there and they're, They'll wash dishes together until they figure it out. They got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and there was one time where I came in and you were you were giving it to them. And you know, it what's what's crazy is I feel like when I give it to my students, I'll still probably have two or three looking off, like not every one of them was zoned in to your message just about, you know, being able to work with someone you may or may not like. Yeah. And if they're not getting the job done, which ultimately hurts the team you need to be able to handle it correctly. And then you listed like four different occupations that you have to do that in. I mean, your knowledge and wealth for these kids is incredible. Yes, I try to make sure I relate it all the way. I always try to relate my stuff back to their future, what they want to become, because I listen closely to what they want to be. And I try to apply it to everything that we do, even with kids that don't want to be cooks, that might want to just be business owners for any type of business. I try to relate everything we do to make sure they understand that what we do every single day you will use for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and I, they get it sometimes and sometimes they forget but sometimes i have to remind them <laughs> so 
um, the respect level, I think, is uh, big in my classroom. Um, they do respect me, and um, they won't allow anyone else to disrespect me. So sometimes I don't have to correct. Sometimes other students correct their peers when they're not doing well. Right. That's nice to have too. In the mm -hmm. So that helps out. And yeah, and one thing that interests me that I want you to kind of spill the tea for the listeners is. You know, you say you did some like diversity training. What sort of activities do you do with the kids to sort of work on that uh, training? So we do um, a big, big event where I bring in teachers and they judge kids. So my students have to do research on different cultures and their religion. They have to do it on their, their um, the agriculture, the climate. Um, they have to cook their you know their crops their spices the animals they have to figure all this stuff out and it takes about five to six weeks to do the all of the work and they work together in groups and they learn the the they learn about it and they get to pick their own country that they want to do but then they have to make a dish from that country and then tie all the religion and the customs and everything back to it. And then they built this huge display with the meal and then teachers come and judge them. And I, I don't judge them. Other teachers come in or other uh, staff come, come in the classroom and they walk around and they judge their stuff. So it's really good. The kids get to, um, they dress up and sometimes they dress up in that culture. Sometimes they, um, sometimes the culture that they pick is actually their heritage. So they'll speak the language and it's really cool to see. It's really cool to see and it's really cool to see the different dishes that they create. So that is one of the things that we do that is huge in my class and we do it every year. Um, and the, and it grows every year. It gets bigger and bigger each year. So that's really cool. And, you know, any listener out there, if you're on Twitter, I'll put um, Vicky's Twitter handle on the show notes. But you can scroll back through and see pretty much the teacher lunches she does, no matter what school she's at. I, I'm seeing images in my head from your Twitter <laughs> of the, this project where you had all the cultures and the boards and people walking around. So listeners go through and you know slide around and check it out because she has a lot of cool things um on her twitter that you might be able to steal borrow or learn mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. um so what what's um what's one or two things you could recommend to a teacher either at verina or at any school and it could be any staffordy member what's something they can take from you apply it to their craft and help their craft do better um, I think that um, one thing I would say to teachers or teachers of people that are becoming teachers is to be very authentic of who you are in your classroom. You have to bring yourself in your classroom in order to be successful. Um, and you need to make it a part of your um, environment. Um, a lot of the kids um, will gravitate to you if you are yourself so that's one thing i want to make sure that everyone knows is to be very authentic because the truth with students is nothing but the best for them they need to know 
They need to know when it's going to hinder them because if we don't stop it before they get adults, it could, it could be detrimental for them. So I'm very authentic. And be creative. Think outside the box. I'm, a big, I'm big on creating stuff and let my kids create stuff. Um, just even if it fails, you can always bring other people in to help you fix it. Um, I have a great staff at Ramana. Miss Terry Vernon always brings my visions out and gets it done. Like no one even knows that she's behind the scenes half the time, but be creative as possible and get your, get the people that have the strengths to do things and get your ideas out and it will work. One eventually will work. Keep trying until it does. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's something I would I would tell other teachers to just be very creative, even in core classes. You'd be surprised. Well, you know, I appreciate you being authentic and real on this podcast for all the listeners because you know you bring a lot of tools and skills that anybody can learn from. Yes, you know, and then you know you get to know. Miss Ferris, it's like the days so much more enjoyable. You know, like like I planned that little scavenger hunt thing, and then you coming to me being like, "Where's that heart? I want the heart." Like, you know, just we have that connection. Yes, <laughs> and I, you got my exercise in that day. I walked and I walked that day. I tell you, it was the best thing. I thought it was a great idea. You had an idea and you ran with it, and I participated because. When you said it was something for my students to win something, I said, I'm going to go win something for these babies. And I just had the best time of my life running around that school. So it, <laughs> it was good because it was good for me to get out because I'm always in the kitchen. So it's always good for me to get out. So I do appreciate you doing the different things that you've done at Miranda. They've been amazing. One thing, you know, Vicki, I loved about you is, you know, no matter what I was doing at our school, you're always a big support. So, like, I created the scavenger hunt where, you know, you ran to me and you're like, where's the heart? I need the heart. For all the listeners out there, it was a Valentine's Day scavenger hunt. And, you know, Vicky's running over to me trying to get this heart. And I couldn't give her all the hints. But, you know, I had to help my girl Vicky out. <laughs> oh, it was the best time ever. I mean, I love the idea and I wanted to participate in it. It was just so much fun. I got my I steps in that day. I was all over that campus. If I knew I could win something for my students, it was great. The kids loved it. They thought it was just, they were tickle pink that they got their candy party. <laughs> yeah. So it was great. I loved the idea and I loved all the things you have brought to Verona so far. They have been amazing for our staff and our morale. And I just wanted to say, I appreciate your creativity. So it's been really great. Well, I appreciate that too. That means a lot that, a you know, a seasoned vet, you know, appreciate something that I'm bringing to the table. So it really does mean a lot, Vicki. I do appreciate that. So it's that part of the show now where you get a chance to give a couple of shout outs. I mean, you kind of already gave your uh, department a shout out, but before we wrap up, is there any, any groups of staff members or the class of 20 or whomever you want to give a shout out to? Oh, definitely. I definitely want to give a shout out to the class of 2020. All my seniors, every last one of you, I wish you well. I know you're going to do great things in this world. Keep your head up. Um, it, it will be better. And I want to also give a shout out to, you know, all the administrators and to my specialists, 
for all her support in the classroom this year and and for the years that we've been we've been together um so i just want to and i want to shout out miss uh ruth miss mcdonald i'm sorry she um sees the worst in me sometimes but she always sticks by me and we get the job done so i do want to give her and Tracy a shout out because they are the backbone of Marana. If anybody don't know, they 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 are the backbones, the heartbeat of it. So I just want to thank you for that. And my shout outs, I love everyone. And I hope you can learn a little something from me. If not, that's okay too. No, they, they're <laughs> learning something from you. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, Vicki, it's been a pleasure, and I really appreciate you coming on Staffly Spilling the Tea. I enjoyed recording this episode, and um, I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. We have Michelle Landon. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and um, tell us how you got into education? Sure. I am Michelle Landon. And I am a family consumer science teacher. Uh, this is uh, was my third year teaching altogether, um, and I subbed for a couple years prior to that. I got into education. It was always a thought in the back of my mind that maybe I would get into education. Um, I went to college for fashion because I was in a fashion and marketing class in high school. And then I ended up working in that industry for about 10 years. And I always thought maybe I'll go back someday to school and become a teacher because my fashion marketing class in high school was so impactful on me. And also, I just, um, I can't really remember any teacher in my high school career that ever made a huge impact on my life. Um, I went to three different high schools and I, and, and I always thought like what, a, what a difference that would have been for my whole high school experience if I had had a good connection with the teacher. So that kind of also inspired me to want to become a teacher. In addition, I've been teaching yoga for about 11 years and I worked in schools and high schools and with smaller children and it really enjoyed working with the teenagers the most so that all kind of led me to start subbing and then go back to school and led me to where I'm at now awesome well and I know you know your your family and consumer like in your little wing um they all love you to death and um we're gonna kind of get rolling today so what is one thing you love about Verina I love uh, I love that it feels very much like a community um, with the staff, with the kids, with even the CNM. It's just I love that aspect. I've only been here three years now, but in you know, in talking with teachers that have been here much longer, they've taught you now generations of kids and. Um, I hope that I can be at Verina my whole career. That would be lovely. But I love that about Verina. I love that it's an outdoor campus also. Uh, and I, just, I love the kids. I love the community. Yeah, and, and I, I second everything you just said. I, I love it so much, and especially the kids and mm -hmm. the community feel. It's special. Mm -hmm. It is. So if you can kind of – you already said you were a teacher. What other uh, things do you do at Verina? 
So I started this year, Verina on Chill. I'm also a yoga teacher in the community outside of school. Um, and my first two years, I did a, a couple things with FCCLA. I did a yoga class. I did some things in my classroom, mindfulness and that kind of thing. And my, my big goal this year was to figure out a way to create some kind of program where students could choose to come. And then with the new schedule, the way it was this year, um, I just kind of like it was brainstorming and it just came to me, well, maybe I could offer some kind of just mini session during the this time. And then after talking with my um, department and administration and Miss um, Ute in the in PE and just putting it all together it, it and talking to kids who had had interest, um, I was able to create that. Um, I'm also involved with FCCLA, um, which is our student organization in the facts department. Um, and I do, um, I'm the coordinator for the Henrico Heroes Mentoring Group, which is a countywide program that lots of schools have. Um, but uh, we pair up a student with a teacher or admin or staff member of some sort. Um, just to have, have like a mentorship in, in community with that. So I do, yeah, that's all I do. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Well, um, let's sort of get into the classroom feel right now. And can you spill the tea as to what you do well in the classroom that makes your classroom uh, so successful? Uh, I think that I am, I, that I'm good at forming relationships with my students. I'm good at getting to know them um, on a personal level, which is super important, especially when I'm teaching on, on any level, when whatever you're teaching, but especially in a class called relationships where we, it's a, a lots of conversation and we're talking about family and relationships and, you know, kind of more personal things. Um, I, it's, it's important to have the, that relationship with the kids so we can have open flow of good communication and conversation and discussion and um so I, I i believe i'm i'm good at that um i believe i'm pretty good at staying calm um and under super stressful situations um i like to i like to think that anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well good and like with the relationships you know I, you, we speak to students and we try our best to really you know, get that relationship with them because we all know that, you know, if a kid doesn't trust you and they don't enjoy being around you, the learning's going to be different. Sure. So you got, you got to build that relationship first. Right. They have to know um, that you what care. Do you do? <laughs> yep. You got to let them know you care. What do you do to kick off the year to let them know like, Hey, this relationship is going to be important. We need to build this relationship. Like what do you do in your classroom? Uh, I've started um, the past couple years in doing like restorative circle time, like that first week, um, generally the first couple days, just starting that conversation and getting to know each other from the get go. I think that that's super important. Um, and, and then also just, I think like maybe once a week in my classroom too, we open up and just have, um, a time where kids can 
write stuff down on a piece of paper and anonymously, anonymously talk about stuff that's going on or if they've got a question about something or if there's something's bothering them. Um, we put it in a pot and then we take turns drawing and reading what's going on in other people's lives. It's an anonymous thing, but it really has been a really cool thing and helped a lot of kids see things from different perspectives, develop some empathy, like, hey, I'm not the only one struggling with whatever it is with school or I'm not the only one struggling with what's going on at home or it's helped um, really build some community in my classroom, which is important in whatever content area you're teaching, of course. But Yeah, and I really like that, mm-hmm. like a little anonymous post. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids get the chance potentially to talk about yeah. it and just relate to others. Yep. It's, um, it's been a really cool thing. It really has. Awesome. And if, can you real quick, um, or take your time, whatever you want, can you explain to the audience a little bit about restorative circles and how you run those? Uh, sure. So literally you're sitting in the circle um, with the kids and then there's a talking piece. Um, so whoever's holding the talking piece is who speaks. And sometimes we just go in a sequential thing where like maybe there's a topic Um, maybe we're just checking in with how everybody's feeling, or maybe there's a certain topic that we want to talk about. And, and, and basically the conversation piece is passed around or, you know, in sequentially, or if somebody want raise their hand and they want it. Um, and it's just a time of community and I can, you know, ask them questions, um, to get them thinking about maybe what's going on, how that's making them feel or how it might make somebody else feel or um, yeah. So it's good. It's just a really great way to get some community in, in the classroom and, um, and talk things out. And I've, I've done it in the beginning of the year. I've done it when I've had issues in my classroom or maybe some kids were having some problems with other kids and, um, or there's just issues in general in the classroom. And I'm like, you know what, let's get in the circle. Let's talk it out. Let's figure out what, what's going on right now. And it's been, uh, successful more times, more times than not, you know, depending on what's going on in the classroom and who it is, but more times than not, it's been, it's been a great tool. Um, when I, I love that you are, you know, quote unquote, you know, fixing problems in your classroom. You know, some teachers <laughs> might just write that referral and be like, these two kids had an argument, deal with it. And you're like, no, we're a family. Yeah. We're going to fix this in a responsible yeah. way. Yeah. That's, that's really neat. I'm glad I got to learn that about you. <laughs> is, um, is, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about Verino and Chill? I would love to hear about how it started how it was going and maybe, you know, some of the relationships you've built with kids you may not teach. Sure. Um, so one of my students from last year, um, Diana, she helped me come up with the name. Uh, so I was struggling with what to name it. But um, once I figured out like the time, like when I wanted to do it and when, when it was possible, um, I also decided to make it um, – a project for my first block relationships class. So some, they had to help me with the marketing of it. So whether it was putting up signs around campus or helping me um, making a post on Instagram, because I did make a Verina on chill Instagram account 
too, because I wanted it Mm -hmm. to reach students who maybe I didn't teach also, or who didn't see the signs and the kids are on Instagram. So, um, yeah. So, um, they had to do a certain amount of things, whether it was helping me, you know, promote it on Instagram or sharing a post that maybe I made or help me make a post, hanging up signs. They had to, I created a Google form um, that the kids who wanted to come had to sign up. And then we made it Tuesdays and Thursdays for 20 minutes. So basically it was your responsibility to go, go to the Google doc and sign up and put your homeroom teacher. And then my students for their grade, that one of their duties was they could deliver passes for the people that did sign up. So you had to have a pass, um, to come because you have to have a pass to leave your classroom, um, during Mm -hmm. this time. And it was, um, then I'd have kids that actually came with me to the Verina on chill. Some would take the class, but they would, my my students would also help me lay out all the mats for the kids that were coming. They would help me with signing people in collecting passes and then help me clean up the mats at the end of it. Um, but I, it's, it was great because yes, I had some of my students that I taught either this year or previous years, but they would then bring their friends or a a student would see it on Instagram and decide to come. So it was really neat thing to be able to make, um, relationships with students that I might never get to teach. Um, and it, and I'd have, I had the same kind of core group that would come every week and, but, but every mm-hmm. week in every class, there would always be a, a couple new people who were curious about it. And, you know, it was, it's only 20 minutes. So we did, we would do a little bit of movement, just kind of stretching, kind of balancing poses, things just kind of move some energy out of our body and then stretching. But then, but the students really really enjoyed which was such a lovely awesome thing to see was the deep relaxation part at the end and some days when they were really stressed out whether it was exam time end of quarter whatever they'd come in and say I really just need the deep relaxation part Landon like could we have a little bit longer of that could we just maybe stretch a couple minutes and then just have the deep meditation part and um, that was a really cool thing to to see and experience and no matter what because sometimes the kids would come in and the energy is different of course depending on who shows up and if there's more girls or boys or whoever you know comes but even if they were you know a little chattier in the beginning by the end of the 20 minutes without a doubt like everybody would take the time to just chill out which was what it was all about and had good feedback from some teachers who had some of my regulars um, you know, that would see them right afterwards and they would say how different they were on the days that they came to Verina on chill. And that, that was just such a cool thing to hear. And that's what it's about. So it's been, yeah, I, I would love to have a student in my class coming to me right after they just did 15 <laughs> minutes of yoga, right. or deep breathing, because, you know, just bring in the chill right. mood and then, you know, eventually <laughs> you might lose it, but you're going to start, start with, with it. it. Yeah. That's cool. And then one thing that I really like about it um, is I think I either saw it on your Instagram or, or Twitter or somewhere I saw a photo of two students who I would not think would be cordial at school mm, together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing, I think, some pose. I don't know the right name, like a flamingo or something where they're holding their leg, but they're using each oh, other yep, to balance. Yep. And I was like, that is the coolest thing yep. out there. Yeah. And I've, 
and like Miss Ute and I, we've tried to push some yoga on our students earlier in the year or later in the year, like my first couple of years. But now after you started this, like we, we said, what, it's not a club. It's like mm-hmm. an activity. Um, kids are asking us now, can we do that in PE? And I'm like, you were so resistant <laughs> earlier in it's the not year. Funny. But since Miss Landon made it cool, <laughs> yes, we'll get to it. So unfortunately, the year right. ended too early for us to get to our like lifetime activity unit. But you motivated kids to kind of get out there and try something new and then, you know, spread it on. And, you know, hopefully they, they continue it and do yeah, it for a I lifetime. Yeah, I hope so. And it's, and it's also, there's been a shift, you know, just culturally. You see more professional athletes and, you know, musicians, artists and stuff who are doing things like mindfulness and yoga and, and, and focusing more on their health. And, the, and that's, and self-care is such a buzzword now. So I think, you know, that, that trickles down and our kids are seeing that too. So that's an awesome thing to see. And yeah, yeah. And it was, it was cool to see the different connections that the kids would make, like, you know, t- talking to people, using each other for balancing support that they might never have any kind of interaction with. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and one, one, one student who I used to coach and then I'd always see around campus, um, he can be a little goofball, but he, he just told me, he's like, I went once and like, I just love Aww. it. Like it's, it's fun and it's relaxing. And, you know, to have that connection with kids and offer something super unique. Yeah. That's awesome. So Miss Landon, we know you're talented in the classroom um, and you do so much for our school community as a whole. What are one or two things people who are listening could learn from you and incorporate into their repertoire for next year, for next school year? Um, I mean, I think just making sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, I mean, self-care is such a buzzword now, but just making sure that you're taking time for yourself and taking care of yourself in all the ways, mind, body, spirit, etc., so that we can show up, uh, you know, the best we can for ourselves and our kids at school. Um, yeah, I think that um, that's super important that we all do that. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of teachers who I've talked to so far, they've talked about building the relationships or going mm-hmm. to kids' events, but, you know, you're the first one to speak on Hey, you need to take care of yeah, yourself. We have to. Like, I mean, because, like you, you, and especially like just what's happening now in the world, like if we, anything, like our health is the most important because without that, we can't do our schoolwork. We can't get jobs. We can't do anything. If we're, if we're not healthy in our bodies and our minds emotionally, then, then we can't do anything else. So that's the most important thing. And, you know, we want our students to be ready for life and without, Without doing that, nothing else, nothing else matters if we're unhealthy, right? So, mm-hmm. for sure. So, um, what do you do for self care, or what do you recommend something who to someone who doesn't do self care, something that's easy that they could start with to really start reaping the benefits? Um, so, self care can be anything from you know, instead of looking at your phone first thing in the morning, like reading something that inspires you or taking a few moments of just quiet meditation or going for a walk, anything to just to take your mind 
um, into the present moment of what's happening to yourself into your body and notice how you're feeling. Um, so whether, you know, whether you practice yoga or you play soccer, whatever it is, do something to move your body, even if it's just for 15, 20 minutes, even if it's just walking around the block, there's no just, that's a great thing. Um, make sure that you're, you know, eating healthy. That's a form of self self care, eating healthy food for yourself, uh, listening to music, um, doing, you know, doing something kind for somebody else. All of those things are forms of self care too. Um, so for me, it looks like getting up in the morning and, um, I practice yoga, but that's not for everybody, but you know, finding some way to move a little bit. I tried to read a little something to get my head right before I look at my phone or put on the news. Um, I love to walk. I live by the river now. So I've been um, socially distancing walking by the river. (laughs) There you go. Um, But yeah, doing stuff that makes you feel good and just making sure that we disconnect to a little bit from our technology and our phones because yeah absolutely and and and, you know one other thing i want to let you have a chance to talk about before we do some shout outs and wrap up the show is um you know you said you teach yoga Mm -hmm. in the community how could someone who wants to try yoga out but they're a little you know they don't really want to join a gym right now how could someone reach out to you or find information about what you do in the community uh so you can I have a Verina on Chill Instagram page that I have posted a couple short little like videos on of just um, mindfulness techniques and a 15 minute little um, movement flow that you could do. But um, as far as myself in the community, I have um, I'm on social media. One Drop Yoga is me. Um, but there's so much stuff online, resources. Um, that YouTube videos, yoga with Adrian. If you're interested in yoga, um, there's so many good resources online, which is what, what most of us are using right now. So, um, yep. but you can always reach out to me um, via my email or social media. Um, I'm on Twitter, Michelle L. Landon. <laughs> send me a message. Um, but I'd be happy to send anybody resources um, and different websites that I use personally at times too so well cool and what i'll do is in the show notes at the bottom i'll make sure i i put a little bit of this so if someone's interested they can see it and um reach out to you if needed so you know we're wrapping up the show is is there any shout outs you want to give to people in your department students you're missing a class of 2020 whomever is there any yes well i'd love of course i got to give a shout out to my facts team, Miss Ferris, Miss Peters. I FaceTimed with Ferris earlier today. <laughs> um, <laughs> I miss my team so much and, and really all the staff at school. Um, and I miss all my kids. So it's hard to just say one shout out to all my kids, all my, all my Brian sure. kids, all my mentoring kids. I miss you all. And class of 2020, I am proud of y'all. And I really feel like, you know, this all that's going on is just going to prove just how strong and resilient like this group, this age group of kids really is. Because all this is just going to make us all stronger and more resilient people in the end. So um, just continue to have hope like 
things might look a little different than what we planned, but that is kind of part of life, unfortunately, is knowing that like think you're going to plan things and they might not always go exactly as they are planned. But I have found in my almost 40 years of living now that like usually um, things end up um, better in the long run for whatever reason. We might not be clear on that now, but in the end, um, at the very least, we're going to be stronger and more resilient people. So um things will, things will be okay eventually. So I'm proud of everybody and I miss everybody. And yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see everybody. Well, great soon. message. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was joking with someone earlier. I was like that moment when we can like see all no. the staff together or like we see all the students, it's going to be like, just it really is for you. Like everybody's really, really so is. pumped. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day and coming on the podcast. Sure, thanks and, for having um, me. I look forward to launching this. and Can't wait to hear it. Hear thanks. It. Going on Education Nation, this is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. In this three-part episode, it is my pleasure to bring you the last member of the facts department, Miss Jennifer Peters. How's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Great, great. Well, I'm pumped to have you on. Um, you know, you got a strong department of three, and we've already heard from two members of your department. So you're kind of coming in, uh, playing cleanup. Awesome, love it. So let's uh, just chat about your background and how you got into education. Okay, do you want the long story or the short story? <laughs> Give no. me like a seven minute max story. <laughs> seven minute max. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to Virginia Tech, and my bachelor's degree is in child development and I always thought that I would run a preschool or a daycare center or I would I always thought I'd work with little kids and is that what you do is that what you do with one of those degrees you can there's a lot you can do with it the the actual degree is called human development with a concentration in child development so that was my goal yeah um and then I had kids right away and stayed home with them for years and years and years and got into other things and never got into teaching. Um, so when I was about 37, 38, my kids were growing up and I thought, well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to teach again. And um, so I looked into family and consumer sciences and knew that I would love to teach child development one day. Um, never thought I'd teach high school in my life until mm-hmm. then. And um, just looked into how to, to, to do that. So I became a technically a career switcher without going through the program and got a job at Verina. So Verina was your first place. Yes. So you got a job as a teacher. Yes. Yep. Yep. Five years ago. And you've loved it, obviously. Love it. When I walked in for the interview, I honestly felt like I was home. You know, I, I sort of had that feeling when I was leaving the interview, uh, I was like, you know, if this is my new home, I'm pumped. Like, you know, I was just very like, it feels very welcoming. Right, right. It's a, yeah, it was amazing. And um, my first, you know, greeting was Mallory Nolte in the office. And, you know, what better smile can you get than, <laughs> than seeing her first? So it was a great welcome. See, mine was the opposite. I, I mean, it was a great welcome, but, you know, I'm coming in and I get my ID out. And Mr. G. Robinson was, I guess, talking to Vivian. And he's like, 
<laughs> hello, sir, you got your ID? And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And so <laughs> I told him later, I was like, you intimidated me so much the moment I what met a- you. And then I get to know you and like, I love you to death. Right. What a way to start a, uh, an interview. Yeah, I know. I was like, please don't shake me. I got this. Take some deep breaths. So, yeah. Right. Well, really cool. Um, so let's kind of like dive into like all the hats you wear, Verina, because you do a lot. Definitely busy there. Definitely busy. I miss it. Um, yeah. So I teach child development. I teach four sections of child development. And then I teach Teachers for Tomorrow 1 and 2. Um, and with Teachers for Tomorrow comes uh, the club Educators Rising. So I run that along with the kids. And then um, and I also am one of the advisors for FCCLA. All three of us are advisors for that. Very cool. And, and yeah. so the child development um, elective they take, can you kind of talk about what you do in that class um, for the teachers? I mean, not for the teachers, for the students that are in your class. Sure, sure. A lot of people think it's it's just the class with the babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is so much more than that. It's actually called child development and parenting. So we talk about parenting, um, learn about parenting styles, and then go through from pregnancy, all uh, development of children, all the way from pregnancy to adolescence. Um, and then we talk about child abuse, child safety, uh, pretty much all of that, all, all stages of development, you know, social, emotional, um, cognitive, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Nice. And then the teachers yeah. for tomorrow, it's like a student teaching program, right? It kind of is. It kind of is. Um, they do a field experience, which we would think of as student teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that. Teachers for Tomorrow One just does it for one marking period, the third marking period. Okay. So they learn kind of how to be a teacher throughout the year. We do some really fun, creative things. Um, and then they do the field experience and then they come back to me fourth marking period. And so and then Teachers for Tomorrow Two does their field experience almost like an independent study all year long. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause I had uh, one student in my class this year who was in the teachers for tomorrow and it was like neat talking to someone who doesn't really know teaching, but they're interested yeah. in it and just kind of talk right. about like what it takes to run a successful lesson and then to see them like implement it. Um, it was fun. It was really neat. It was the first time I've done something like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I'm, thank you so much for having him. I always appreciate my cooperating teachers because they really do learn a lot and they become attached to the kids in their, in their classrooms. Oh yeah. I mean, my students as well be, as the teacher. Yeah. And my <laughs> students would be like, you know, we love him way more than you. Like, like he's a much better <laughs> teacher than you. And I'm like, yeah, I bet you do because he's three years older than you. And you probably have a huge crush on him. So just let me be my teacher. Let him be a teacher. And let's have some fun. All the girls just thought he was cute. He said, Miss Peters, they're trying to follow me on Instagram. He told me not to let them. That's <laughs> uh, too fun. good. And it, it was cool to like, you know, he would show me like, hey, this is what I was thinking for a lesson. I was like, yeah, that's a great three sentences about what you want to do, but we got to dive deep, man. We got to we got to talk about equipment. We got to talk about transitions. We got to talk about what are the kids going to be doing when you're giving instruction. He's like, you do all that? I was like, yes. 
and he learned that and he he should have learned that <laughs> no i know he did it just it, it was funny to like chat that out with people yeah it definitely is interesting they don't realize how much goes into our day until they experience it and that's why part of their field experience they spend a full day with their cooperating teacher yeah so it's a really cool thing for them to see their crazy you know the craziness of our day <laughs> yeah and I, I was a little you know disappointed that ours had to get cut short due to this covid mess because yeah. i was really looking forward to like spending that day with him and he could just literally you know pump the brakes let's just go bam and <laughs> learn a lot about what teachers do yeah 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 definitely i think so, it would have been good i think that's their biggest disappointment about this is that they didn't get to say goodbye to their students they yeah. were so sad and and he he got he grown accustomed to mine and you know they loved him to death they were they were not excited when I was coming back I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh they love you too well I appreciate that um, so we know you're like your current role can we kind of spill the tea as to what you do really well in the classroom Ooh, what do I do well in the classroom I would say the students would say that I am nurturing them everybody in the facts department kind of calls me the mom and ferris included (laughs) (laughs) um so maybe just definitely i i would say they would feel cared about um i try to try this doesn't happen on a daily basis but i really try to greet everybody at the door by name just because hearing my name is important to me um just sit here, you know, saying good morning or specific students. So um, other than that, I think that what I teach kind of lends itself to being able to have really fun, creative, hands-on learning type Mm -hmm. projects. I don't like book work. I think they don't learn anything from it in my classroom. So that textbook rarely comes out unless we really need to learn vocabulary. So I think we just have the opportunity to uh, try to give them a lot of choices in their projects too, because there are things that I don't like to do, you know, but I would love to make a video to learn. So maybe that's the other thing I do while I learn. So yeah, it sounds like, you know, you even like probably have conversations with the kids about what they want to do and get their input. Definitely. Definitely. This year, it it was the first time I did baby showers with my child development class. And so I had them in every class, I teach four sections of it, create the rubric for these baby showers. And they thought of stuff that I didn't even think of putting in there. You know, I created the final thing, but their Uh input on that was so fun. They got way more creative than I would have ever done myself which is fun. What were some of the examples of things like they thought of that you might not have? Well, the biggest thing that made, that ended up making the biggest impact that I hadn't thought of was um, we didn't have any pregnant teachers that we knew of at the school at the time. So we thought, well, what do we do with the gifts? Um, and they came up with making it a community service project. And so everybody's project, they had to find somewhere that would be beneficial in our community to donate the stuff to. Um, okay. Which ended up being really cool because it just, it, it became beyond our classroom. Um, and they loved that. 
Really awesome. Did. Awesome. Yeah. And like you said, you get their input. You can really take those projects or ideas in the classroom like a step further. Mm-hmm. And they, they took way them? more ownership of it once it was their idea. <laughs> it wasn't mine. And that's a good point. Did they, um, did they like buy into the project more? Like now that like their input was in the rubric, like they were like all about it. Definitely. Definitely. They had so much fun planning, planning these baby showers and so much fun actually finding places that they could donate their gifts to. I was really surprised about that. Wow. That that's impactful for them. That's a life lifetime lesson to be able to do something and then outspread it to the community. Yeah. Yeah. They were really proud. They especially enjoyed having to do a gender reveal though. So they came up with that too. <laughs> oh, any, Creative any, fun ones, any fun ones out there you want to share? There was one that they bought some smoke thing that, Oh, some smoke powder you put in a football and one of our students had to kick the football and that was, that was the most exciting thing for them. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> that was a fun one. Oh, I love it. I love it. So let's, um, let's sort of dive into, you know, some things that you do like in the classroom, like some hall of fame lessons or a lesson or two that really didn't go well. And you had to kind of switch it for the next day or the next time you taught it. Do you have either one of those, a Hall of Fame lesson or a lesson that you grew from? I would say one of the lessons that went really, really well this year. Well, I guess it was a project that we did based on, you know, baby infant development, infant physical development. Actually, it was the end of our infant unit. We um, they did a kind of a a day in the life of a baby kind of video um, based on that MTV show, real life. I'm a, you know, such and such real life. I'm a, uh-huh. This was real life. I'm a baby. And they <laughs> had a ton of fun. That really went well um, because they got to put all aspects of development in the video and show that. And, um, you know, they took our little real care babies and manipulated them to do different things. And so that was, that was fun. I think that was a good Neat. experience. Um, as far as something that didn't go right, probably my whole first year teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm just kidding. It was just a learning curve for me because I was never really taught how to teach high schoolers. Um, so it was all trial and error. Um, and I didn't teach child development that year. So I was thrown into teaching three things I wasn't really familiar with, even though I learned about them in college. Um, so that was a lot of trial and error. You know, I would hand out a study guide. And I think one day a kid said, "Miss Peters, I have never learned one thing off a study guide. And I thought, well, that's the last time I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that, you know, that thinks of, makes me think back to when I, first taught CPR and first aid in the classroom. And uh, my wonderful department at the time was like, listen, you want to teach it in sections, right? So do the notes and then let's do a skills test. And like, just crank through that over the next two weeks, you'll be good. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want to get all the notes with done and then have a lot of fun with the skills test. And my kids hated me for those two days of notes because they're like, 
their friends are doing cool stuff. Their friends are putting on Snapchat. Their friends are telling them how much fun they're having. And they're like, Carl, when are we going to see the dummies? Like, when are we going to get to, like, wrap each other's arms? Right. And they were so excited to do something, and I was holding them back. So that's where I learned to take advice from my department the first time I'm teaching something. Definitely. If they have a way that works, I probably should try it. And then if it doesn't work for me, then I adjust. Yes. Yes. And I think that's where that's too talking about your department. That's where my department has really been beneficial to me. Um, we bounce ideas off each other all the time, just because all three of us are so different. We're de- uh-huh. different in our teaching styles or different in our personality, but, um, but that's what makes it, you know, Landon will say, well, have you tried this? Or, you know, Ferris will say, well, maybe I would do it that way. And, being open and willing to be like, you know what, they might be right, is really, really, um, you know, teaches you a lot of growth as a teacher. For sure. Yeah. And and especially with you all being like, you know, most teachers have the like next door buddy, but like y'all are like roommates. I mean, y'all have like, <laughs> like one common area where you can just bounce around. <laughs> you know, do. it's, it's a fun little like pocket if of we the do. school is like, where all the four classrooms meet. So yeah, what I love is that Landon's little pocket work, kids are working on something. You have Ferris's kids cooking something. Your kids are working on something. It's just so positive and all the kids are getting lifetime skills in just that small, you know, section of our school. I love it. I love being down there. It is. It is. It's been beneficial, I think, for both us and the kids um, because most of our students kind of know those teachers too you know so we're because we're in and out of each other's classrooms and so I get to know a ton more kids than I would normally you know not teach just being in their classrooms a lot too and and my kids who aren't taking culinary will sometimes finish their work and she'll need help so they're learning skills you know without having to take her class (laughs) she puts them to work (laughs) oh yeah Ferris will if if there's a a free hand Free body Ferris will use it. Yeah, she said, "Who's done with their work? Go get my groceries out of the car." <laughs> it's great. It's awesome. Uh, are there any like lessons that the kids have taught you? You know, you talked about how you've been teaching the kids all these lessons, but you know, what's one thing that they might have taught you? Ooh, uh, I was just having this conversation last night with a classmate of mine. Um, everything, really, everything. Um, I you know, you you grow up thinking, thinking one thing about yourself. And then, you know, the first time that you come across a hard discipline issue in the classroom, you know, I went home defeated my first year teaching uh, when I, when I came across this and I had to call a parent and the parent called me out. And I really, the next day, once I got over myself, I had to really look and reflect inside of who I was and how Mm -hmm. I was you know, teaching them, you know, where she was coming from. And I think the biggest thing they've taught me is, is um, that, that we really need to kind of just look outside ourselves and um, what was I going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. that, that it's, you can't have a classroom that's very managed without knowing who they are. And mm-hmm. getting to know them. Uh, I think that was my biggest advice for my student teacher, too, is just get to know them. Sometimes it's it, it's not always about the lesson. It's about 
you know, where they are in their, in their life at that moment. Sometimes they just need somebody to talk to. So that's been a, a huge thing they've taught me. Yeah. And, and I can add a little bit to that from my end is, you know, I've learned from these students here is like, it's okay to be wrong. Like if you go yes. and teach a lesson and it doesn't go well, like just own up, <laughs> you know, and that humility and putting yourself out there, they really respect that. They do. Um, because, you know, th- there's going to be times where they're right and you're wrong and it's okay to own up to it. And I'll do it all the time. Um, and sometimes in my teaching, they'll be like, Calder, you know, this is going to be one of those times where we're right and you're wrong. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> not. Sit down, do your work. And so it's it's funny to like have those conversations with them. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I've had definitely had to apologize a lot um, <laughs> in my five years <laughs> of teaching. Um, but and also, I think if you're if you're, you know, you do own up to that, they learn to trust you a little bit more too. like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. we're human, too. All of us have a hard job, you know, but it's awesome. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, is there one or two things that you would tell another teacher or another staff member to help them have a better year next year? So like a Peter, a Petersism, like what's something that like you would tell someone who's a staff member at a school, um, hey, try this because this might help you be more successful? Well, I'm always still working on these things, but I just read a great book called Culturized by Jimmy Casas. And um, these are actually things that I want to work on more about myself next year is one, just building a positive culture in your classroom by modeling positive interactions too. You know, I have a bad day like everybody else, but um, just, just being a positive person and modeling that for our students is a huge, a huge, you know, deal and kind of like your vibe attracts your, your tribe kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. Um, And then two, maybe just, I'm working on this with my, with my own students too, expecting excellence. I know every, every one of them has a bad day, but there's no reason that they can't reach to where I need them to reach in the classroom. There's no reason I can't push them to be their best. Mm Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, two excellent pieces of advice. And I have not read that book, but it's on my list. It's amazing. It's one of the best books on leadership. Or I think teachers, all teachers should read it too. It's awesome. Yeah, I think it's in my queue for books on tape from the library. But (laughs) if it's not on my audio book list, I'll definitely have to go pick that up. So good. Well, awesome. Well, we're about to wrap up the show. Is there any shout outs you want to give out there? Well, always to my amazing facts department. I miss them so much. Um, oh, man, I miss everybody. Um, my awesome teacher for tomorrow, kids. Um, most of them are seniors, and I know they're disappointed right now, and my heart goes out to them. So y'all be awesome, um, and I can't wait to see you again. Awesome. Well, I know that they miss you a, a bunch and same with your child development kids and your department. Yes. Yes. Um, I miss all y'all, my students. Y'all vibe yes. so well. <laughs> my FCCLA kids. I need to shout out them too. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, I know that the moment we all get back, you know, that moment where you Ferris and 
landing can sort of reunite. It's it's going to be something powerful for all you. All. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go, tea definitely, drinkers. That was an episode definitely. of Staffelty spilling the tea. Well, I want to thank, thank you for, for taking time out of your day, coming on. Staffelty and do me a favor and go give us a four or five star review and click that subscribe button so you get future episodes. Not a problem. This thank has you been for real. Me. This has been fun, awesome. and well, this has been I want, real I want fun. Till next time. See you. Interest. I was like, I gotta get. I got to get Miss Peters on this. Yeah, and I think it's cool that we're doing a whole a whole facts one. Awesome. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's going to be one that's highly downloaded. We know that, right? <laughs> I can't wait to hear what what Vanceland <laughs> have to say. Hopefully, they oh, don't too it's much tea cool. about our, our department. <laughs> no, it's not too much tea. It's just the right amount. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hey, you have a good one, and uh, we'll be in touch. Okay. Thanks, Corey. Thank three. Two, one. Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea. I want to thank you all for your love and growing support for the show. We are almost at 500 downloads and listens. Thank you. That cannot be possible without you and the incredible guests we have on this show. And for today's show, we have three teachers from our facts department spilling the tea, one of which was our teacher of the year for 2020. There's the bell. Time for class.